0: Welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this
1: week's message. Amen, amen, amen. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's a lot of places you could be this morning, but aren't you thankful you're in the house of the Lord? Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them to 1 John. Shocker. We're not going to the book of Daniel today. I am doing... uh, uh, I'm going just for a little bit away from the book of Daniel. I promise to come back. We've been in this series called Marked. In fact, I am going to go ahead and showing it off. We got some shirts. That's what happens when you preach 42-week sermon on the same thing. All right? And I got the scripture in Ezekiel 9. If you haven't been here, we've been preaching out of Ezekiel chapter 9, and verse 4. It says, The Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city throughout all of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and grieve over the repulsive acts which are being committed in it. And we've been looking at some marks that I believe by the Holy Spirit that he puts on us, the way we talk, the way we live our lives. How many of y'all know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? And there ought to be some things on you. There ought to be an anointing on you, the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us through the book of Daniel, and we've looked through that. Through uh, the first six chapters of Daniel, looking at his life, but in Daniel chapter six, it said there was an excessive spirit. There was, there was an amazing, extraordinary spirit that's on him. And I want to tell you what I said a couple weeks ago: the same spirit that was in him is the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of us, and the same things of of that, uh, the same power that was released with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fourth man in the fire, is the same spirit that lives in you. The same spirit that dwelled in him as he was thrown into the, the lion's den. And we looked at all of that, but last week we, we took a different uh, a, a turn. And I, uh, I'm going to go a different direction today because I just felt in my heart to do this, not to scare, but to prepare. And as you're going in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, I want to share with you out of Revelation chapter 13. It says in verse 16, it says, He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor... Free enslaved to be given a mark, everybody say mark, mark on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name, wisdom is needed here, let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. It always aggravates me this time of the year, talking about Halloween, and I would if Brandy would let me, do a four-part sermon on Halloween and how important it is in the body of Christ that we don't play with evil. We don't play with the demonic. We don't play with it. I mean, you may think that it's innocent, but we don't play with it, and and it aggravates me. I mean, there's nothing that speaks more love uh, about your home than a 10-foot-tall witch out in front of your yard. I saw one the other day with a tombstone said 666, and they have no clue what kind of stuff they're playing with. Deep down on the inside, pastor, why are you talking about these things? Is it to offend? No, it's not. It's to prepare. It's not to scare. It's to prepare. But deep down inside, I believe people are questioning some stuff that's going on in the world. I believe you can hide in a bunker all you want to. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. I remember back in 2020 being out of place. I don't watch the news. I don't watch anything that's going on because it gives me huge anxiety. Well, if this stuff brings you anxiety, you need to check your heart. Because I believe through the Word of God, He prepares us. You can look at the global economy. You can look in the direction of the nation, this war. The These are all signs to us. Uh, Of some things that are going on and I want to tell you this isn't my own opinion But I believe this the Bible has the answer for everything we're facing today I'm gonna say that again. Hopefully you're awake this morning. The Bible has the answer for everything that we're facing today. Amen? Amen The Word of God does so this isn't my own opinion. In fact, I looked for it this morning, but I heard John Bevere years ago He gave this description and I've thought of this many times before especially in Bible school. I thought of this but it is amazing, from the book of Genesis all the way to the, all the, way to the book of Revelation, and the 66 books, 40 different writers, all of them coming from different backgrounds, one of them being a criminal, the Apostle Paul, to farmers and all kinds of uh, different people from different lineages, from different times in the world, that, that some that wrote 1,000 years ago, 900 years ago, 800 years ago, a shepherd boy, from all different walks of life, from different times, and they all especially in the old testament they prophesied a coming king and his name was Jesus they all prophesied there's like uh you know it's called the study of eschatology and i will be right away to tell you that i've got some bad grades in eschatology in bible school talking about the study of future events and most of the word of god like 30% of it is future things and things that we'll see in our lifetime and things that'll happen even after our lifetime and that's what's going to be the study today but but talking about this particular topic, there was a scientist that saw all of that, that there's all of, these predict, or all of these prophecies saying that he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver in the Old Testament. It talks about how he would come out of Bethlehem. It talks about how he would ride in on a donkey. And there's so many through the Old Testament, again, from different writers, from different walks of life, in different times in the earth. And the chances of these coming to pass, he said, we'll just do eight of them. Well, we won't do all of them. We'll just do eight of them. And we'll, we'll put it into numbers of the chances of them getting all these right and Jesus fulfilling them from the Old Testament to the New. And the chances of eight of them getting right was 1 in 10 to the 17th power. So 1 in 10, and after the 10, you have 17 zeros under that. How big is that? Well, That's big. That's more than a kajillion, and that's not even a word. All right? 100 billion gillion quadrillion. I, I don't even know how you say it. Even if you had some kind of degree, it would be probably hard for you to say. But think of it like this. That number, this is what the scientist said. That number, if you was to take 1 in 10 to the 17th power and put it into silver dollars, silver coins, you could cover the whole state of Texas. Two foot deep And to mark one of those coins And tell somebody from Oklahoma I want you to fly to Texas And find the marked one The first time Fly in a helicopter Go over the state of Texas And find one marked one For him to find it Is one tenth to the seventeenth power But yet In those eight prophecies They all were fulfilled When you go to the You go to 40 of them, it gets real big. You go to 50 of them, it gets even bigger. And can I tell you, if the word was true then, how many of y'all know the word is still true today? Are you hearing me this morning? I'm just telling you, today, this is a precursor. For me, I didn't write the book. The Holy Spirit did. So why are you talking about this? We were having such a great time in Daniel chapter 6 and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the golden image and Nebuchadnezzar looking in and seeing the fourth man in the fire. It was good preaching. We had such a good time with Daniel chapter 6 of how he, he, he threw all the ones that were jealous against him and threw, they're the ones that got mauled. Why are, we, uh, why are we even talking about like today I'm talking about the spirit of the Antichrist that's in the earth today? Why are we talking about this? Because according to Scripture, we won't even see this individual. I'll tell you why. Because the signs of the Antichrist are right here in full view. And I want to show your, uh, get, get your eyes to see that this morning. And if it's getting closer, how many of y'all know we need to be prepared at all times? I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Are you guys awake this morning? So if you were here last week, we went over Daniel chapter 7, and, and we looked at, he was seeing into the future. This is during the time of Belshazzar's reign, and he was having a dream, and he saw this lion, and he saw it have eagle's wings on the back, and, at, and this lion was standing on his back feet as, as of a man. And we looked at the Babylonian empire and, and how the, the, the eagle's wings were plucked off, but we also looked at the literal sense of what's happening in our earth today. The parallel of that, if you didn't, weren't here last week, you can go back and listen to that, but we can see in the 1776, where Britain represents the lion. In fact, today, the representation of Great Britain, or, or England, is it being on its back feet as a lion, and it had eagle's wings, and at one time it was plucked off, the United States being the eagle's wings. How in 1776 that there was the British Revolutionary War, of how we separated from them, and then he sees the, 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 the bear. Which is the Medo-Persians then he sees the leopard and we we looked at the parallel of then and even today And then he sees this beast with ten different horns and he sees a little horn And this is where i'm going off of is the little horn and we talked about the antichrist and his mission or his assignment It's to rule the world And what he's going to do is try to do is establish peace under his leadership You got to understand especially what's happening in israel today Even since I was a kid israel has been under attack would you all agree? Since I was young, Israel has been under attack. Maybe not at the extent of what it is today. And I'll be honest with you. There's many people that's reached out to me and said this. Israel, uh, Israel is not innocent, which I would agree with you and tell you, yes. They open their borders and they let them in. But you know what? I'm not here to judge that. My biblical obligation is to stand for Israel no matter the cost. Amen? And so you got to understand that one particular... Time, there's a time in the future where they will have so much battle fatigue and so sick of fighting and bombs being thrown in their direction and them throwing them back, they will look to anybody for peace. So that's the mission of or the assignment of the Antichrist. His intention is to be worshiped as God. You go back to the book of Genesis, we see it in the book of Ezekiel. He's been kicked out of heaven because he had such pride on him that he was sick of people worshiping the Lord that he wanted it on him himself. So this is the ambition of Satan who empowers him. It's what the devil has always wanted was take control. His damnation. This is exciting. This is what I talked about. His assignment, his intention, his damnation is this. And this is exciting news. He will be taken captive. And the Bible says he will be cast into a lake of fire. And the kingdom of our Lord will reign forever and ever. Can I get an amen from the saints of God? But I want to open some eyes this morning. I can honestly say in the first service, nobody fell asleep. So, JC, I'm looking at you. Don't mess it up. There's a warning against the Antichrist. So if you have your Bibles, first in verse 18, it says this, Dear children, the last hour is here. So, basically, he's saying this. How many of y'all know I've been raised in pretty much the Charismatic movement my whole life, and Jesus is coming back every year. It's getting worse and worse. And how many of y'all know we always need to be at a place? If Charles Spurgeon preached about it, Billy Sunday preached about it, if Billy Graham preached about it, how many of y'all know? Even in our lifetime, I don't believe they got any of it wrong, because we need to always be at a place looking for the coming of Christ. So. In the beginning of the chapter, in 1 John chapter 2, in the beginning, he talks about the light of God, but here in the second chapter of, of 1 John, he gives us warning of the darkness of the enemy. And it says, it goes on to say, verse 18, you have heard that the Antichrist, look at this, it's capital A, is coming. And already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches. But they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that. For the Holy One has given you His Spirit. Look at this. The Holy One has given you His Spirit. The Holy One has given you His Spirit. And all of you know the truth. So the Greek word here, know, is iodo, which, which means... To know intuitively when I read this I had to look it up in in the concordance there in the Greek so basically John is saying this because you have an anointing from God there are certain things you know not because you have mentally figured them out but because you intuitively know that this teaching is wrong false teachers propagate uh, or This is which false teachers propagate falls into this category because their words simply don't ring true in your heart. You know it as soon as they say it. There is something deep down in your knower that that is not right. So in verse 21, it says, So I'm writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Verse 24, so you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and, the, and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised to us. Verse 26, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. Can I tell you there's false teaching in the earth today? False teachers not only depart from the fellowship and deny the faith, but they also try to deceive the family in their attempt to cloud people's understanding of the true nature of the Son of God. Verse 27, but you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches you is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. What is John saying? John's saying, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you'll recognize the false teaching as foolishness. I've heard people before a couple years ago, one that really stood out to me as I was listening uh, to this guy on TV um, I was listening to something, and I tried to go back and see where it was, but I've heard people use this verse right here and say, if we don't need anyone to teach us, we don't really need to be in a church. But I believe this. God gave teachers to the church in Ephesians chapter 4. The gift of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. And because Paul himself taught daily in a school of Tyranus, In Acts chapter 19 and because the early church devoted himself to those teachings We know John is not denying the necessity of true teaching rather. He is denying the validity of false teachers What's this telling us the work of the spirit of Antichrist is going to to, um, Only intensify the closer we get to the end of the age Who is he let's look at it Daniel chapter 7 verse 8 he is known as the little horn not the big one He's the little one. Daniel chapter 8 refers to him as a king. He's a strong diplomat. He's a national leader. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he's known as the man of sin, the son of perdition or destruction. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8, he's known as the lawless one or the wicked one. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18, we see him as the antichrist. This is the term that's used the most, but in Revelation, we read in the very beginning, he's known as the beast. So what is the Antichrist? Take the word Christ, and in the Greek, it's Christos. In the Hebrew, it's Mashiach, and it means this. It means anti-Messiah or anti-God or anti-Jesus. Anti meaning against or in place of. As you read the Scriptures today, you can see the ultimate purpose of the Antichrist is to put a false Messiah in the place of the true Messiah. So what is he, what is he? He is a counterfeit Christ. I want you to think about it. He wants to be like Christ so much that Christ, we see in John chapter 1, he is known as the Son of God. How many of y'all believe Jesus is the Son of God? Amen? Amen. The Antichrist, we see in Scripture, he is the son of perdition. He's the son of something. The Christ is the Holy One in Mark chapter 1, but the Antichrist is the lawless one. Christ ascended down from heaven in John chapter 3, where the Antichrist comes up from the bottom and split. Everything about him, he is counterfeit, he is the opposite of, but in true essence, he wants to be just like the Lord. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, this is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist. Everybody say spirit. Everybody say Antichrist. Of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. Think about it today. You watch the news as I do, you watch ESPN, maybe you don't as I do, but I do. Sports figures can talk about Islam, Uh, characters or people that are on, you know, famous people that are on television shows, they can talk about Muhammad, they can talk about Buddha, they can talk about Scientology. They can talk about these things, but the minute you talk about Jesus. You are canceled. I am convinced of it to this day, because he was a great player, and look what he did back in, I don't know, 2003, 2004. But Tim Tebow, maybe it was a little later than that, 2006, Tim Tebow, I am convinced of this. If he said he was a Muslim, he'd still be playing football today. You can disagree with me all you want to, but I'm telling you. We wouldn't even be having this discussion if he wasn't what they called a religious nut or a Jesus freak. Are you see what I'm saying? There's a spirit of Antichrist in the earth today. It's anti-Jesus. There's two different Methodist church, churches. In fact, there's been votes that have happened to some here in Amarillo where there's a United Methodist Church and there's the global movement. Actually, what's crazy to me is the global church is the one who has stood, stood firm to the teachings of the Word of God, but the United Methodist Church, what they have done, if they have accepted everything, and I heard one of the leaders from the United Methodist Church say this, we will no longer fly the Christian flag in our churches anymore because we find that offensive to people, but we will fly, fly the pride flag. That's anti-God. God. Are you seeing what I'm saying? It's anti-Jesus. Taking prayers out of school, that's the spirit of antichrist. People being offended at courthouses of having the Ten Commandments through the Word of God. That is anti-word, which is antichrist. Look at what's happening. The war in Israel. You know what? I, I say this. All these woke colleges that are flying the Palestine flag, they better watch out. They do not know what they're messing with, but the war that's happening in Israel today, what is it? They serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are you see there is a spirit of Antichrist that is in the earth today? You don't believe me? I'll prove it some more. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18, it says, Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Capital A Antichrist is coming. And already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. So there's three forms of Antichrist that we see in Scripture. Number one, there are many Antichrists. In the course of human history, many Antichrists have appeared and been manifested. I want you to think about this. The Lord, the Bible tells us that He is the Aleph and the Ta. He is the Alpha and the omega, Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. How many of y'all know the Lord can see the beginning from the end? If you read the Word of God, you see that, but you know who can't? Satan. So he has to have someone at all times on the earth that he can come in and possess. So I want you to think about it like this. so There is one person, the Antichrist. I'm talking about many little a Antichrists right now, but he has to be ready. Let's say that Antichrist is the glove. And he is the hand that gets in the glove to possess them. He's going to pull the strings. He's going to be the puppet master over the puppet. But I want you to think about this throughout the earth. He has always had an antichrist ready to come on the scene. Think about the course of human history. Nero, I'm sure there was many people that thought he was an antichrist. He was terrible. Cutting off Christian's heads, setting people on fire. Napoleon Bonaparte basically took France by the jugular, said, I'm the king, mutilated so many different people. There was people during that time who thought he was Napoleon Bonaparte. Have you ever thought about, I'm telling you, I I know it's amped up right now, but in World War II, can you imagine people, Jews living in Germany? They had to know the rapture was right around the corner. I believe Adolf Hitler was an antichrist. Six million Jews died because of his power. Stalin, Gorbachev, leader of the Soviet Union. Now, some of these are more powerful than others and all the things that they did. But you've got to see in this particular text right here, there's many antichrists, I believe, in the earth today, ready to fulfill that. But there's only one. He's a human that the the enemy will take over. Number two, we see from the text here, there is the, capital A, Antichrist, one specific person. Scripture makes it clear there will be one final, he'll be supremely evil, supremely powerful ruler, who will dominate the human race for a brief period, who will be the actual Antichrist. Now, there's some that are on the Earth today. In fact, I can show you in Scripture. I, my mind was blown on this text. I've been studying this for a week. Like, what direction do I need to go? and I believe everything that I need to have is in here today. But I can prove that he'd come out of the Middle East, He'll be from Rome. Also he'll be a homosexual. In Daniel chapter nine makes that very clear. And all these different things. but who could that be? There's one on the Earth today that is, fits all of those. In fact, he's wanting to build the temple today. But my whole point is we can't be focused on that. You just need to know that there is a spirit of the Antichrist that could be here. He could not be here. But he could come out of nowhere. I want you to think about Barack Obama. I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. People are going to take this, put it on YouTube, and they're going to put this part. And they're going to say, Pastor Travis Bennett of Reno of Life on October the 22nd said that Barack Obama is the Antichrist. I did not say that. Well, he could be. You're right. But I'm not saying he is. But I want you to think about how he came to power. 2004. You mark my words. This is true. He came out of nowhere and became a senator. Literally nowhere. He didn't go up the trail like everybody else. He came out of nowhere in 2004, became a senator, and in nine months, Became the president of the United States of America. Think about it for a second. The third one is the spirit of Antichrist. We see in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. We read it a while ago. I won't go back to it, but you can. The spirit of the Antichrist is a spirit that operates. We can see if we're not careful through every one of us. John gives a certain mark in his scriptures that's so important. The first mark that he gives, number one. In 1 John 2, 19, it starts an association with God's people. Look at this. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us when they left, it provided that they did not belong with us. What John tells us, we can recognize those who have been seduced by the spirit of Antichrist as those who say, forget the church. I'm not interested in the body of Christ. I can experience Christ on my own. I can be linked to no one, accountable to no one. They not only depart from the fellowship, but as seen in verses 20 through 25, what they do is they deny the faith. I want you to see what happened in 2020 was the spirit of Antichrist. When rulers all over this nation said this, you can't have church. Kiss my rebel Heine. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Are you seeing this? It's the spirit of Antichrist. Don't tell me what to do. You can't have church. People still aren't coming today because of this. Are you seeing this? There's people that should be in church right now, but they're not because they have found something else, an antichrist thing in their life to keep them out of the house of God. Antichrist comes in the form of a ball. You can get one this big or you can get one this big. You can get one this big that goes this way with me. Comes in the form of a bat. Comes in the form of a soccer ball. I know there's people that get upset with me when I talk about this. But we're raising up a generation that if we're not careful, that won't be a church. Pastor, that's hard. I didn't write it. He did. The second thing, another mark that I see... It's found in First John chapter 2 and verse 22. It says, denies that Jesus is the Messiah and denies the Father and the Son. This is scary stuff right here if you ask me. He said in verse 22, and who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. I'm not saying this to pick on people, but I'm saying this to point some things out. If you ask Jehovah's a Witness or a, or a um, Mormon... There's another one as well. But I've talked to Mormon people before. You ask them, if Jesus is the Son of God, they will divert it. And you know what they'll say? He was a prophet. How many of y'all know Jesus is more than a prophet? I'm going to say that again. Jesus is more than a prophet. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Of God. And it's so important that in your walk with Christ, you need to know how to defend the faith of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the same pizza, but different pieces of the pie, but they all go back to the same box. There's people who say Jesus was not God, not equal to the Father, but rather a created being God the Father sent to take the blow while He watched. You see, unless I understand, or we understand, that Jesus is himself the wonderful counselor, the everlasting Father, as we see in Isaiah chapter 9. Unless I understand that Jesus is who he claimed to be when he said, I and the Father are one in John chapter 10. Unless I take Paul's word at face value when he said that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself in 2 Corinthians 5. My perception of the fatherhood of God and the sacrifice of the Son will be terribly off. And skewed What did Paul tell Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 three sixteen? He said great is the mystery that God became a man This is infinitely more than a doctrinal discussion If you do not say that Jesus is God then you make God a very cruel Awful person who created a son to take the hit because he was unwilling to do it himself, but on the other hand Jesus is indeed God then God himself absorbed the blow, took the hit, and was pinned to the cross personally. Let's give it up for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, people who teach any other way will be damned, and I believe that. He says it in Scripture right here. Here's the next thing. Here's another mark of the Antichrist. They deny the Messiah has come. In 1 John 4, verse 3, it says, But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. I want to, just for a few minutes, talk about the person of the Antichrist. And I believe your eyes will be open this morning. The spirit of the Antichrist, as I've said before, is in the earth today. The person of the antichrist is still in the future and he could be in the earth today. We don't know. But let's look at some scripture to see what Satan's planning. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul deals with the appearance, the revelation and the manifestation of the antichrist. Paul gets the heart of his second letter. He gets to the heart of his second letter as he deals with the rapture. If you read the first 5 chapters of 1 Thessalonians chapter or 1 Thessalonians, there's 5 chapters in there. All of it at one particular time in the Scriptures talks about the rapture of the church. But then we get to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. Listen to this. He says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered together to meet him. See what Paul is doing. He gets to the heart of the second letter as he begins to deal about the rapture. And then verse 2, he says, don't be easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. This word coming in verse 19 where he says the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we would be gathered to meet him. The Greek word is parasuya, and it means normally used for the second coming of Christ. This is what... that. It's always used in this term. So Paul wrote, don't be shaken. I'm telling the church this today. Don't be shaken. Don't be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, or by a letter that, as if from us, because he knew that many Christians would be prepared to believe specific predictions as to when Jesus would return. And we've all fallen into this. Y'all remember Y2K? I remember where I was, December 31st, 1999. I remember at 1159, Jesus was coming back. Everybody's worried about water and what was going to happen to computers and all that. That's not what I was doing. I said, Lord, forgive me of what I did in Mrs. Schneider's class before Christmas break. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. It doesn't stop there. Remember when Rabbi Kahn, and I love his books, in fact, I'm reading one right now uh, that's super good, but he came out with this book, the uh, Shemitah. Y'all remember this? It was a Hebrew term of Shemitah. And everybody grabbed a hold of this, and they're like, this is the year Jesus is coming back. And then he didn't. And I was like, well, Shemitah hit the fan, right? Ain't that some Shemitah? Praise the Lord. But can I be real with you all this morning? 2012, the Mayans, Jesus was coming back. Every time there is people that people follow still to this day that have predicted Jesus is coming back every year at Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. No one knows the day or the hour. Say that one more time for everybody here, even through the waves of the Internet. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Like this deal in Israel, I'm obviously not going in November now. (laughs) My mom wouldn't let me. (laughs) Neither would American Airlines. (laughs) But you know what? I'm just going to be real honest with you. It is bad, but we can't be surprised if it actually lightens up for another year. Or we could have World War III. I don't know. But I'm just going to tell you what Jesus told me in Luke. He said, be about my business until the day of my return. Amen. You guys getting something out of the Word this morning? Yes. Moving on, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3. Let's go on. It says, don't be fooled by what they say, this New Living Testament. For that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. I want to read it to you in the New King James because there's something I want you to see there. It says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. This word falling away is the word apostasy, and we've talked about this before, but this is what it is. It's a deliberate rejection of revealed truth. Talking about the spirit of Antichrist in the earth today, would you say that there is a mentality that has sweeped through people all over the world, a deliberate rejection of revealed truth? It's true that when you have a baby and things stick out, it's a male. It's true that when things don't stick out and they're tucked in, it's a female. It doesn't take science to know these things. I believe there's going to be a falling away of the gospel, no doubt about it, but there is a falling away of revealed truth. Just because you pin a tail on your blue jeans does not make you a kitty cat. Is this not crazy we even have to discuss this? Like I was watching a video the other day of a scientist from a big university, Is it he, him, or they, them, or whatever, and this person was saying this. The person from CNN was questioning them, so you're telling us two plus two does not equal four? She said in the day and time and all the research that we've done in the earth today, two plus two can equal exactly whatever you want it to be. How many of y'all know that is false? Are you guys seeing that there is a spirit of Antichrist in the earth today? Yes. Lord have mercy. There's some names I want you to, I, I want to put out. Number one is this. He said the man of sin, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. There's going to be a coming time in the earth, and that's where people are like, well, he could come back tomorrow, and he could. But I'm telling you, I believe it's going to come to a place where literally we're going to say, Lord, we, you've got to come back or we're not going to make it. Like if you think of a beaker, sin is going to be like at the top, boiling over in the streets. He's a man of lawlessness. Do I even have to explain that lawlessness is in the earth today? He's the embodiment of man's rebellion against God and the rejection of God's laws. I uh, had a friend back in 2020 call me and say, hey, do you, uh, and, and I met him years ago, Pastor Shayon. He pastors a church, Pasadena, California, Harvest, Harvest Rock Church. Great man of God, uh, from, uh, he's from Korea, man of God. But anyways, during all of that in 2020, the spirit of antichrist came to earth, you can't have church, and Nero Newsom, governor of California, he tells Shayon, he says, I see that you've been having church, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send people there to arrest you in front of your congregation. So there was pastors from all over, and, and a friend of mine, he FaceTimes me and says, you got to see this. Actually, people from the, from, from the governor's office and from uh, the, the state actually showed up to take him, but they were a church that made a difference and connected with the sheriff's department in their city, and the sheriff wouldn't allow them to do it. They couldn't go past their local politics. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? So anyways, Pastor Cheyenne stands up against him, But my friend, he, he FaceTimes me and says, look at all these people. But he said, you've got to see this. All these cops and, and, and sheriffs were all out in front of the, the church there. Some of them obviously backing the pastor. Others were there for other reasons. But looks across the street... Now this is California, I don't see this happening in Amarillo, Texas, but looks across the street and there is a target and literally it's up in flames. And there is a hundred people coming out of there, I don't know if you've seen on the news right now, but people people are buying online, but there is going to be, targets are going to lose, which is fine by me. They're going to lose billions of dollars all because of looting. And across the street, they're trying to take this pastor for preaching the gospel because they are anti-God. And across the street, anti-God. I don't know if you know this. If you don't know, maybe this will be your takeaway today. It's against the law to steal. (laughs) Literally walking out, filling backing their pickups up to this target. He's showing me it. He goes, you see this? They're here to take this pastor doing the right thing, and across the street they're setting on fire. And not one person of law could go over there. They let him do it. Aren't you thankful for our cops and sheriffs? And we need to back them. We're not going to fall into the spirit of Antichrist. <laughs> Rioting, anti-cop, anti-sheriff—it's the spirit of Antichrist. Are you seeing this? Uh, um. Gosh, I remember in uh, November of 2020, I was I was at the Capitol. I was in Washington D.C. I remember being up in my room and praying, I thought I'm just going to go walk around, and you couldn't even go see the you couldn't even see the White House, because it all boarded up. And there was this place called BLM Square, which had nothing to do with black people. It was demonic from the start. Black Lives Matter. They had graffiti out. I mean, anything vile you can think of was happening right there. And on the outskirts of that were police officers. They had to keep it combined in BLM Square. But how many of y'all know breaking the law is breaking the law? It's a man of lawlessness. The third name we see here is the son of perdition. Judas Iscariot is the only other person in the New Testament who's called the son of perdition. And we see here that he was obviously... He had some false prophecy about him. But in John 17 and verse 12, Jesus is speaking, and he said, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the Scripture might be fulfilled. The word perdition means wasteful. And as I read that and I saw Judas Iscariot and everything that, it was, everything that he was about, there was something that dropped in my spirit. Because the very first message that I preached to you guys was when Mary anointed Jesus with oil. And what did Judas say to Mary when she anointed Jesus with oil? The son of waste or the son of perdition or Judas the Iscariot, whatever you want to call it himself, he said what? Is it not, is not that wasteful? It could have been used more practically for something else. See, the son of perdition could not understand the reason one would bestow anything of worth on Jesus. I'm telling you this because if we're not careful, we'll get to a place in our life of being faithful to the house of God. I you to ask your question, is Jesus worth it? Staying faithful to prayer, is Jesus worth it? Staying faithful to the word of God, is Jesus worth it? Don't let this spirit come on you. Here's a fourth one, then the last one I want to share with you, and I'm almost done, but it's Revelation 13 and verse 1. It says this, Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, it had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns, and written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and, and the mouth of a lion, and the dragon, which is... The devil, or Satan, gave the beast his own power and throne in great authority. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such a power, such power. And they also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed, who is able to fight against him? Here we see the first the fourth title that I want to mention about the antichrist and he's known as the beast a person who is going to arise to whom satan the dragon will give him power and why will satan give this power this much power to this person because that will enable this person to gain dominion over the entire human race and to persuade the entire human race to do one thing that satan wants the most for people to worship him This is the goal. He's been working on this patiently for many centuries. And I believe this with all my heart. He is very near to the achievement of his goal at this time. Can I tell you, people are still looking at beasts today for the answer. You know what I saw in 2020? I saw an unhealthy regard for the United States president. I even said it, red, yellow, black, and white, all are precious in his sight. We need to rewrite the song, Orange, God Loves Donald Trump, too. And as much as I love him and as much as he loves America, can I tell you, at the end of the day, he's only a beast. The only true answer, and I believe God can use him, and he would have my vote again, I believe God can use him, but my point is this, my trust is in no beast. My trust is in the Lamb of God. See, John made the same mistake in the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 5, John had seen a vision of a scroll in the hand of God, and there was no one who found worthy to open the scroll. So John was weeping. You can go back and read in Revelation 5, but I'm going to read two verses to you as I come to a close. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He's worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings, the lion, the ox, the man, and the eagle. And among the 24 elders, he had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. See, this whole time, John was messed up too because he needed, at this particular time, he was thinking, we need a savior now, and what was he looking for? He was looking for a beast too. And can I tell you, I'm not saying that it's wrong that he's not coming back as the line of tribe of Judah. I'm telling you right now, he was looking for a beast too, but I want to direct your attention to this in the scripture, quit looking for a beast, look for a lamb. It's a deliberate contradiction. God's appointed ruler does not have the nature of the beast. He has the nature of a lamb. And he's highly exalted above all others because he laid down his life. He humbled himself. He went the way of meekness and humility, but because he did not resist his arrestors and his persecutors, I believe that the church in these days is going to need to display the same nature. Is this easy? No, it's not. But I want to ask you the question. Do you carry the mark of the lamb or carry the mark of the beast? There's one last thing I want to share with you going back to the very first scripture I shared, Revelation 13. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. Let's stand to our feet. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. To be given a mark, everybody say mark, on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without the mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is six, six, six. I'll probably get into a study sometime if you want to. I can go down a trail about this, This something I studied in college of what 666, and what it means. Just real quick recap, Jesus, so every letter, like I've done it before, when you spell out attitude, A is 1, T is 23, T is 23, and you add up the number of what it means in the letter scale of the alphabet, attitude means 100. But it's different in the Greek, from the leaf to the top. They have different numbers, so the first 10 goes to 10, 11 through 20 goes to the power of tens, 10, 20, 30, 40, and the last ones go to hundreds. And Hebrews will leave this, the longer the name or the bigger the number, the more powerful the meaning of the name was. And Can I tell you what Jesus means? Eight hundred and eighty-eight. Seven is the number of completion. Six is the number of man. Was he a man? Yes, but he completed the cross of resurrection, and that makes him an eight. Not one, but three. It goes even deeper than that, but that's not my point. My point is this, the spirit of the Antichrist in the earth. He said no one could buy or sell Can you imagine people reading this 1,500 years ago? Like how in the world could they get this done? How could they do it? Well, can I tell you, even when I was a kid, when I would go to a ball game, when I was in high school, maybe go watch our volleyball team play, I would give my dollar, if it was a visiting place, if I didn't have my school ID, I'm just giving you an example. They would put a mark on my hand to tell me whether or not I could go to the concession stand or be in the ball game. Let's talk about Disney, the spirit of Antichrist. It's much better when she's here because she loves Disney, but I like like to talk about this demonic devil we call Mickey Mouse that has stole all my money over the last couple years. I want you to think about this. If you've been to Disney, they give you a wristband that has a pod on it, and it's so nice. You walk in, beep. If you have the pass where you can go, a park's pass where you can go back and forth, all you have to do is carry the wristband to go from park to park. In fact, my credit card is on this band. If if it gets stolen or you lose it, it's very important that you make sure, because this is how I pay for products. I scan it, beep. It's awesome. It's so handy. But can I tell you, they're sizing you up for things to be so easy. Spirit of the Antichrist is in the earth today. That's why in 2021, when I had people coming to me and saying, Pastor, they will not let me return back to Pantex unless I take this shot. And I'm not saying. That the COVID shot is, is the mark of the beast. Because it's not. But I am saying this. That the spirit of Antichrist was all over it. Because they said you in some places you can't eat here. You can't trade here. You can't make money here. Unless you bear the mark. I'm telling you. And there's some of you who's like. I did that (laughs) way. What about this? This was about you waking up the spirit of the Antichrist is in the earth today. The spirit of the Antichrist. And it's a warning to you and me, don't let it get on you. Don't let it get on your kids. Don't be at a place where you're playing games. With things that bear a mark of 666. Wake up, O oh sleeper. Wake up. There's an adversary out there. That's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. My last question to you is this. One more. Do you bear the mark of the lamb? Or the mark of the beast? I say this with all love, the mark of the Lamb is peace, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. I'm going to bear the mark of the Lamb that says I'm going to be about His business until His return. Don't be caught up in all this other stuff. Amen? This is not to scare. This is to prepare. Well, we want to thank you for
0: joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio, through the website, arenaoflifechurch.org, or... Through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week.